I'm your host, Madeline, and welcome to The Courageous Podcast, where you will hear inspirational stories of everyday people who will share how they found strength, hope, and faith in the midst of adversity. Let's get ready to be inspired. Hello, hello, Reina Morris. I want to welcome you to The Courageous Podcast today. Thank you for having me, Madeline. You and I talked several months ago, and you were supposed to be on the last season. And I remember you and I had such a great conversation, um, and we just connected. And you were referred to me by my dear friend, Brenda Gomez, which everybody knows and loves. Uh, She's always connected me with really great people. And um, as soon as we started talking, I was like, okay, yes, she's amazing. (laughs) Uh, And as I started hearing your story, I was like, overwhelmed to say the least. I couldn't believe everything that you had been through, everything that you had overcome. And to see what you were working on presently in your life was incredible. Mm -hmm. And I was so proud of you. You really encouraged me uh, when we spoke. And so I told you, hey, Reina, you know, look at the notes, get ready, we'll connect again. And you reached out to me and said, Madeline, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to tell my story. And I was heartbroken, but one thing that I've learned is that, you know, people have to tell their stories when they're ready. Mm -hmm. Um, And you said you weren't, and I respected that. And so you reached out again months later and you said, okay, I'm ready. And so here we are today, uh, excited to share uh, your story today. And it's it's a difficult topic. And I know that um, that's the reason that it was so hard for you to share the story. And so um, I wanted to take a moment to formally introduce you to Reina. Uh, She is Reina Morris, who is known as the fashionista who met God and felt head over heels in love with him. She received her fashion merchandising degree from FIDM in Los Angeles, California. After life-changing experience with the Lord, she felt compelled to share her testimony of God's grace with women around the world. Reina uses her devotionals, blogs, social media, books, podcasts, and fashion accessories to share her faith and journey to healing with others. Reina has self-published two books, a devotional and a sermon notes journal that is available on Amazon. Reina is not only creative, but a visionary, a life coach, and the founder of Create in Her, a ministry that empowers women on a journey to healing and purpose. Reina resides in Fort Worth, Texas with her husband and two daughters. Together, they enjoy traveling the country in their RV as she creates, writes, encourages, and enjoys the beauty of God's creation. Welcome, welcome to the Courageous Podcast today, Reina. I lost my breath. I was like, (laughs) I love your bio, uh, and it's a pleasure to be able to share it uh, with everyone. Welcome. Thank you so much. And like I said, how honored to meet you. And and so I wanted to get into your story. Reminds me of everything that God has done and everything that he's yet to do in my life. So it's a great reminder of just three years old. Mm-hmm. And so tell me a little bit about your story. Um, and I know the first part of your story is the fact that you were adopted. Tell me a little bit about that and then kind of go through some of the things that. They- yeah time I resented my story. Um, But the Lord has really showed me that even though I've gone through a lot of suffering in different areas, that I'm able to relate to many people so that I 
hope that by me sharing my story that someone on here is able to relate. And like you said, at age three and a half, I was adopted. I was born in Mexico. During my time in Mexico, uh, my biological mom was in an abusive, physically abusive relationship. So we got taken away from her. Um, and it was in that moment where she couldn't take us out of the foster care system. So she reached out to someone in the United States. After that, um, getting taken away from Mexico and basically like being uprooted and brought to the United States, um, it created a lot of fear, a lot of abandonment issues, a lot of identity issues, because all of a sudden I needed to adapt to the new culture. Um, it was like a part of me had been stripped away. Hmm. And so with that, um, I dealt with a lot and I found myself very lost and very confused and just asking myself, why, why me? Why do why didn't she want me? Why didn't I, why don't I feel like I belong? And after that, I experienced uh, sexual and physical and emotional abuse throughout my life. Uh, from a child all the way to uh, as a grown up, as a grown woman, uh, being in different relationships that were toxic, different relationships that uh, weren't good for me. And because I didn't know my identity, I didn't know who I was, I didn't have a voice to stand up for myself. Um, I allowed myself to uh, be taken advantage of and I allowed myself to be in those toxic relationships. Um, and it was something that I never talked about. I never talked about the trauma. I never, I suppressed it. Um, and like they say in um, Celebrate Recovery, they say you're only as sick as your secrets. Mm. Um, and my secrets were getting the best of me. My secrets were becoming toxic. They were manifesting into anger and depression and anxiety. And um, then I found myself becoming an alcoholic and using alcohol as a way to escape, as a way to silence the, the negative thoughts about myself, to silence the shame, to silence um, the guilt. It was in that, in that season, 18 to 20, when I found myself struggling with love addiction, you know, trying to please men, trying to find validation um, in men, just wanting to be loved and just wanted to be accepted. You know, it was interesting yeah. when you when you said that you had to escape the pain uh, with love addiction. And I was like, what in the world is yeah. that? Can you explain a little bit about about a little more about what that is? Yeah. So love addiction. I mean, just just kind of think about it, that people that struggle with sugar or they struggle with alcohol, you know, they run to it because they have a craving their body, their mind. They're struggling with a craving, you know, and so. For me, it was like I craved for men to find validation in them, to for them to approve me, for them to tell me that I was beautiful, that mm. I was worthy. And so I found myself codependent and I found myself relationship after relationship. And, you know, that does happen to a lot of women and individuals where they can't be alone, where they always absolutely have to be with someone. They don't know how to function without someone by their side. And and that makes it really difficult um, because you do, you kind of settle for people that are not so good for you and don't bring anything positive to your life. And so you said that you, you turn to alcohol to kind of hide the pain, which a lot of people do. They turn to many, many different things. Mm -hmm. uh, but then at age 18, um, you got pregnant. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah. Um, during 
you know, an alcohol binge. Um, I found I found myself, you know, doing things that I shouldn't have been doing at that age. And um, it was my first time, to be honest with you. It was my first time finding myself in an intimate relationship. It was the first time as a young 18-year-old, just lost and confused and just wanting to be loved. And yeah, I ended up pregnant and it was something that really caught me off guard um, because I was just graduating high school and I was just dreaming of how I would go to fashion school and be, you know, thrive in the fashion industry. But all of a sudden, um, it was an unexpected pregnancy that I was dealing with. And so you had shared that you felt alone. You know, you were adopted. You didn't really have the type of support that you needed. I can't even imagine being 18 and, and being pregnant. I had my son when I was 29 and I was like, Lord, how am I going to do this? This is so difficult. But being a young girl, which again, is still happening all over the world. What were you thinking and what were your options at that time? Well, all I was thinking was like, why? How? Me? You know, it was my first time. And um, I was raised with great values and I was raised like, take care of yourself. Don't, you know, to just respect your body. But like I said, you know, a lot of dysfunction happened in my life. So in that moment, I was just being an 18 year old acting out. So when I found out that I was pregnant, um, just fear, fear overcame me of how am I going to do it alone? Like, who's going to raise this baby? Like, do I even have money financially to support the baby? I'm a baby myself. And so I was just flooded with questions. And honestly, for me, I was making a decision because I was afraid because of financial reasons, because of not feeling like there was support, you know, people to be there by my side and get me through the challenging season. And then also at the same time, you know, a lot, a lot of times what happens too is that women feel uh, pressured and bullied to get an abortion. Hmm. And I felt pressured to get an abortion because at, at that moment, you know, father of the baby wasn't ready to have a baby. And so in order for me to protect him, protect my family, protect his family, I went ahead and I terminated the pregnancy. And it was very, 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 uh, it was a very hard decision for me to make. And honestly, fear dictated my decision. And also wanting to please people also dictated my decision of why I decided to end the pregnancy. When you went to have the abortion, mm -hmm. were you by yourself? Did you actually go mm -hmm. through this by yourself? Yes. Uh, the night before, I told one person about it. Um, I just felt it in my spirit that I needed to tell someone about it just in case something was to have happened to me. Mm -hmm. Because it is a very dangerous process. You know, it's, it's a very dangerous thing to do to your body. Um, so I wanted to make sure that someone knew. And even though I was afraid of their reaction, I, I still went ahead and I confessed to one person. So the next day I did go by myself and I felt very, very alone. And when I was in the room, also, I felt like they didn't educate me enough. They didn't give me enough resources to make a, a wise, sound decision. I can't imagine going through something like that uh, by yourself mm -hmm. and then at such a young age. And we know that many women that are, again, in their 20s and 30s and 40s have made, made that decision many, many years ago as well and have dealt with the pain 
of that decision for whatever reason. And so you said that this was the first time that you were going to share this part of your story. Why now? You know, I feel that all our pain, the Lord uses it for his purpose. And I wish that there was someone when I needed it the most. I wish that there was someone that would have helped me, would have guided me, would have prayed for me, would have gave me some resources, would have told me, hey, don't rush it. Think about it. I wish someone would have told me that I mattered, that the baby mattered, that God loved me even in my darkest moment, even when I made you know, these mistakes, I was still loved and that the baby would be loved and that I would find support and that um, God would provide for us. But I didn't. I didn't have that support. I didn't have mentors, you know, to guide me and lead me. So now that I've healed from this and, you know, I'm still on a healing journey, you know, because God reveals different areas. But what he has showed me is turn your mess into a message and use it to help other women heal because there's other women that are lost right now. They're by themselves. You know, maybe there's someone listening today wanting to make a decision because they are pregnant and they don't know who to go to. They don't know who to confess it to. They don't know who to trust. Maybe I'm that sign right now for them that they're going to be okay, that God still loves them. And that our past mistakes or our mistakes, they don't define us. That's that's my hope that by sharing my story, I'm able to help other women go to God and ask God what they're supposed to be doing right now. You know, when they're stuck in those trials, it's like, go to God and ask God, what do you want for my life, Lord? So that they can make sound decisions. And then, you know, ultimately I share so people could be set free. So they could be set free from their past guilt and their shame because that's what I experienced the most. And that's why I didn't share. I didn't share because it is a very sensitive topic. It's a topic that, you know, can be easily judged when you don't understand where that person is coming from or what they've been through. But I had to make a decision that I wanted to use my past mistake. And I wanted to make sure that there were other women, even men, you know, because there's men that are afraid and then they pressure the woman to have the abortion, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Ultimately, it's just to help um, women and set them free. Um, I did ask you a, a sensitive question. You know, knowing what you know now about abortion, about being a mom, about you know how difficult this is. Do you regret that decision to have an abortion all those years ago? I do. I do regret it. Like I said, I just wish um, that there that I would have had a mentor that would have guided me and it would have gave me resources. Uh, to have the baby. You know, we can't change our past mistakes. And I have written something down that um, that I wanted to share that was in my heart. And it was, you know, all the Lord wanted from me and the Lord wants from us is our heart. He wants us to exhibit his character and make wise, sound decisions, yes. right? And though what I have done in my past cannot be undone, I can be forgiven and I can be set free. Because I repented and I accepted that the Lord has come into my heart and he has cleansed those areas of my life that were not pure. And he came in and was able to cleanse that part of the abortion. He knows like he was there. He never left my side. He knew I was afraid. He knew I didn't have mentors. 
to help me, you know, so he knew. So, you know, when I came to him and I found out about Jesus and that Jesus heals, I was able to surrender those parts of myself that I had a lot of shame and guilt of. And ultimately, you know, forgiveness is one of the most beautiful things about God. And he does not want us walking around with a big A for abortion on our chest. He doesn't want that. That's not what he wants. He wants to set us free so that we can live the abundant life that he has for us. And that's what I'm doing today. It's like, I'm no longer walking around with that A on my chest. I learned, I made a mistake, didn't know any better, but now I do. That's right. And now I can turn from my old ways. I'm so glad that you shared that forgiveness. That's huge for any of us. I just said to somebody today um, that's struggling, I said, hey, we're all a mess. We're all sinners, no matter how small, no matter how big. But God's love, his grace and his forgiveness for the choices that we've made and the things that we've done is amazing. And so we need to hold on to that, learn from those decisions that we've made and hopefully help others to make better, like you said, more sound decisions. And so I wanted to ask you just a few questions. You know, Mm -hmm. what was your motivation to push through all of this adversity, Reina? Um, So honestly, at that age, I was just um, at the age of 18, I was just afraid. So I think fear honestly just pushed me through that adversity. I can't imagine. I mean, one of the things you did say when you were pregnant with your first child, that that really changed something in you and that you said, I knew this was God's redemption, power and love. Mm -hmm. And so that was confirmation for you that although you made this decision many years ago to have an abortion, that God still allowed you to have a child and to be a Mm -hmm. mother today and to be able to give your girls an amazing life. And so it shows God's mercy and God's Mm -hmm. grace through the decisions and maybe the mistakes that we make. And so looking back, is there anything that you would have done different on this journey? I would have just listened to myself. I would have listened to that little voice inside of me that told me, hey, you have a voice. You can make your own decisions. Don't allow other people's fears to dictate your decisions. Um, And I wish that I would, because I knew, you know, I knew what was good and what's evil. Even though I knew that, I allowed fear and I allowed other people to make the decision for me. I think that's what I really would have done is just really listen to myself and trust myself. And like you said, um, it wasn't until 20 years later, I wanted to have a baby with my now husband. But I remember that I was so afraid and I didn't realize why I was so afraid. And the reason that I was so afraid was because I did not feel worthy mm. of being a mom. Because the first time that God blessed me to be a mom, I didn't have the baby. Mm. And now that I'm able to be in the recovery rooms and help women that have been that have dealt with post-abortion, it's a big fear that a lot of women have. They want to have a baby, but they feel that God is punishing them. They mm-hmm. feel that God is not going to bless them anymore. They feel that they missed their chance. And so I struggled with that. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be, you know, God always meets us right where we're at because our church was having like home groups, house groups, where, you know, different people host 
you know, a group in their house and, you know, it builds community and there's different topics. And there was someone hosting a group for post-abortion. And I remember looking at online and I'm like, what? Are they serious? Like who's leading this group? And are they really allowing it? Allowing you to heal at a church for something that is known to be so evil? I was like, I think this is a sign from God that God wants to heal me. Mm. And so sure enough, I showed up and I went into the room and I just bawled. Like I Mm. sat there and I could not stop crying. And that's when I knew I am at the right place right now. The Lord wants to do something in my life. And if it wasn't for those women leading the group, stepping out in faith, using their story Hmm. that they had an abortion too, I would have not received my healing. Hmm. Me sharing that is why I share what I'm sharing right now, because there's someone out there that God wants to heal them and set them free. Uh, It was every Saturday I had to show up to the group. It was so hard. Everything came up. Hmm. And what I learned was I did not know how much I was suffering from the anger, the shame, and the guilt of the abortion. I had suppressed everything deep down inside me and told myself, forget about it. Don't ever bring it up again. Don't ever think about it. But Lord wanted to heal me. It was in that room that I began to heal and I began my journey. In the room, what I learned is one in five women have abortions. It's like over half a million, I think, in America. It's a really sad number. And I know that all of us make the decision based off of different things we're going through. But if I could just bring awareness that for us women to respect our bodies, for us women to make wise decisions, you know, before we get ourselves involved in these things, you know, I learned too that after an abortion, the body goes through a post-abortion stress syndrome. A lot of women don't, don't know what's really happening because nobody talks about it. No one tells them, hey, when you have the abortion, this is how your body's going to react. Hmm. No one says that. It's kind of like, go, you're done. Don't ever talk about it. It never happened. God made us with such a unique gift to birth children. And children are a blessing from the Lord. Yes. I'm glad that you had the opportunity to be in a space like that, to help Mm -hmm. you, to find other women that went through the same thing and that Mm -hmm. you you no longer felt alone. Because a lot of times when we go through difficult things, and it could be this, it could be something else, where We don't want to talk about it. You know, women that have been raped, you know, women that Mm -hmm. are being abused. I mean, there's just so many different things that that women keep uh, because they're embarrassed, because they're ashamed. Um, They don't know where to go, who to talk to. Like you said, there's no resources. Mm -hmm. And so talking about these things that no one wants to talk about Mm -hmm. is so important because we need to support each other. We need to lift each other up uh, and encourage each other. You know, when you and I were talking, I was going to tell you something. And I remember being in my early to mid 20s. And I knew someone that was dating someone, the guy wasn't really good for her, treated her very poorly. Um, She already had a small child, 
she kind of neglected her to be with this guy. She was young, still a young mom. And I remember her coming to me and telling me that she was going to have an abortion because that's what he wanted. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was in shock. I wasn't a mom yet, but I was just in shock. Like I didn't know what to say. And for a moment I said, you know, Lord, you know, how is she going to have another child when she's already struggling with this one? And so I never said anything to her. I never said, don't do it. I never said, I'm here for you. I never said anything. It was almost like I was crippled with like this anxiety, mm -hmm. like you said, and a fear of like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I felt at the time that I couldn't help her. And so years later, I've always remembered her and I've always thought about her. And I regret not stopping her. I regret not giving her some kind of counsel mm -hmm. and help. Although I don't feel that I was mature enough or that I had the right words to say. And so hearing you talk about that really brought up a lot of that stuff for me when we were talking mm -hmm. the other day. And I've asked God for forgiveness, mm -hmm. that I repent because I wasn't there and I wasn't there to support her. Um, and there are probably other women out there too, the same that said, mm -hmm. hey, I know my sister you know, made this decision or my niece or my friend. And so we need to talk about it more. We need to support mm -hmm. each other more. There is another way to mm -hmm. handle this. God can get us through anything. He is the only one that has the answers. And so one thing that you said that I loved also was who are we to judge? Mm -hmm. We cannot judge. God doesn't judge mm -hmm. our decisions and what we've done. He created us for a purpose and a reason. And part of that is sharing his story through you. And so I'm so grateful that you decided to come on today and share something so private and so personal. Um, and as I said to you, this is also going to be a part of your healing as well. Mm -hmm. And so before we go, I wanted to ask you, what does life look like today for Reina Morris? Yeah, well, after um, I finished that forgiven and set free um, course at the church to heal from the abortion, a month later, um, I was pregnant. And um, I knew that it was divine order. I knew that the Lord was like, I want to heal her so that she can enjoy this pregnancy with her husband. I had my first daughter um, and it was like a true blessing. It was like God's redeeming power over my life. You know, it was his grace just showering me with his love. Um, and then two years later, I have another daughter and it was just truly just every time I was just, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much that you love me so much and that you've forgiven me and that you say I am worthy of being a mom. I have an amazing husband. He's a God-fearing man. He leads me. He guides me. He brings me closer to Jesus. And he's always allowed and given space um, for God to heal me. I always say that my husband always sees me in the eyes of Jesus. He doesn't look at my past. He sees Jesus in me. Um, I started a ministry called Create in Her. You can go to createinher.org and learn more about it. Um, we empower women on their journey to healing and purpose. And I just wanted to provide a safe place where women can come with all their stuff that they've never been able to talk about, where they can come and they can hear real life testimonies by other women that have walked through hardships and trials and have suffered in different areas of their life. And they can hear how um, they went through these times, but how they overcame it.
with Jesus. We have our second large gathering, January 28th, 2023, um, called Create Mm -hmm. in Her Confidence. And um, it's just finding confidence in the Lord. Um, That's the theme of the event in January. Um, But we do host bi-monthly socials. And the socials is basically for us women to start creating community with other believers. Um, Because it's hard, you know, it's really hard to be a believer, you know, it's not easy. But if you can surround yourself with community and women that can cheer you on when times are hard, or to be around women that can remind you of all the gifts that God has given you, it makes life easier That's and right. it makes it more joyful and more abundant, right? So I'm the founder of Creed and Her and then Jen Viega, she's the co-founder and she helps uh, with all the operations. And then Erica, she's our creative director. And so um, I was able to, you know, the Lord blessed me with two other women that can come alongside me to help build his ministry. That's amazing. Well, I'm, I'm super excited to hear what you're doing um, with your team at Create and Her. And I love what you said about giving women a safe place, a judgment-free space mm-hmm. to talk about the things that uh, have hurt them, that burden them, where they can get into this community and feel love um, and feel accepted. I love that you're using this platform to continue to spread forgiveness and the love of Jesus to other women who have felt and gone through some of the things that you have been through, uh, because we are not alone. He is with us. Even when we feel we are alone, I know that he is always with us. And so, Reina, I want to thank you. Thank you for being on the Courageous Podcast today. I pray blessings upon you, your husband, your children, the team at Create and Her. I love the work that you guys are doing. If you ever need me or my platform, I'm here to serve. I will continue to lift you guys up and pray for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the Courageous Podcast today. Thank you, Madeline. I love what you're doing. And I will be continuing to pray over your ministry because you are providing a safe place for us to tell our stories. And there's so much power in telling our stories. Hey, Courageous Community. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you were encouraged today. If you have a courageous story or want to connect with today's guest, email us at courageouspodcast2020 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Courageous Podcast. Until next time, continue to be strong and courageous.